Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bowl here, and joining me today is Brad Lominick. Uh, Brad's the author of one of my favorite leadership books of all time, uh, H3 Leadership, also the author of the book, The Catalyst Leader. Um, he's the former president of Catalyst, um, which if you've ever heard of that, just a massive uh, leadership movement uh, and just... Uh, He's also the founder of Blink, uh, a boutique strategy, uh, strategic advisory firm. Uh, and I read his book and, and recently got to know him, which has been fun. And it was in my year of leadership. Uh, and so I was reading all books, leadership. And uh, Omar on my team said, hey, if you're reading leadership books, you got to read this one. Loved it. And then just our paths randomly connected years later um, uh, through Brett Hagler of News Story and then us getting yeah. to hang out in Colorado on a ranch. And uh, it's, it's just been fun uh, as as an admirer of your work and, and lover of your book, just getting to know you. So I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, Chandler. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Self-Publishing School podcast. I might learn yes, something. I'm, I yes, hope I sir. give some value, but I might learn something too. Oh, there's gonna be lots of value. So uh, we'll, we'll talk H3 leadership in a little bit. And there's kind of some through lines that I want to touch on. I mean, 532 reviews, the book's done incredibly well, but I want to take kind of before we get there, uh, I want to take it back. Why write your first book? I, I think it was the catalyst leader yeah. um, was your first book. Like what sparked that and how did that fit into kind of uh, like what you're doing in your business and all those things? Well, I was running catalyst and, you know, we didn't have, we didn't really have a, a brand book. We, we had lots of people who were showing up speaking at Catalyst events who had lots of books. And John Maxwell, who was, you know, really our founder and the person who gave us the, you know, the opportunity to build Catalyst, he had tons of books and leadership, obviously. Andy Stanley was perhaps the most recognized voice and connected to Catalyst as, you know, many people thought Andy like started it and was running it. Andy had lots of books. And I never thought, I never really saw myself as an author, um, but many people started to say, Brad, it's time. Like you, you need to write a, this book and you also need to write a book on behalf of Catalyst. And, you know, it was sort of like, I was that person in the captain's chair that made sense for me to step into that. And, you know, so I wouldn't say it was like highly strategic other than I finally just felt like enough people were saying that, I should jump into that pool. And, you know, I still don't consider myself an author. I mean, I, I've written a couple of books, but I'm not a, I'm not a, let me say it differently. I'm not a writer. I'm an author, but I'm not a writer because some people love to write. And I feel like I have a message. Sometimes it might come out through a book, but there's, there's people who are writers that they, they live to write. And that's not me. Yeah. Now, and I want to unpack that a little bit later because I'm, I'm the same exact way. But first, you, you mentioned a word, brand book. We didn't have a brand book. What do you yeah. mean by that? And, and why do you think that's something that's important um, for an organization like the type of organization that we, you were leading? Well, I think to, to, you know, to, to look at it from the perspective of both 
how the brand is um, is is pushed out into the market, but also what are the stories and what captures the essence of of an organization or a brand. And you know, we had lots of brochures, we had like a website, we had we had all these marketing pieces, but we didn't have something that would outlast us. And so for me, that was a big part was what are the things that, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, even if Catalyst goes away as an organization, there's still going to be this remnant that will be around for, for, you know, forever. And so that's, that's why we looked at it organizationally and said, well, let's, let's at least have something that feels like a tangible expression for somebody who would never show up to a conference too, you know, cause it, it would be naive to think that everybody in the world is going to at some point experience your brand in person. So that's why books are so important, you know, is because they're the lasting legacy many times of something, especially a conference movement that you're going to, you might impact, you know, 1% of the, of the audience that you feel like you want to really connect with through a conference, but a book is, you know, it's going to be around for a long time. And so what, how did that, I love that you say that because I totally agree. And it's kind of like the, the Zig Ziglar quote of, uh, or, or where he talks about, you know, someone should, can show up to my talk and it yeah. might inspire them, but it won't change their life. But when they show up to my talk, they can buy my books. And then with those books, I can make true lasting impact. So how did you see that brand book building legs to what you guys were doing from a, from a conference perspective, from a like in-person events perspective, like what were the benefits or how did that kind of fuel, whether it be the speaking team, the events, like what did that tangibly look like of, of feeding that movement? Ultimately it was, uh, I felt like it was a, a resource that would, you know, for those people who might even be coming to a conference, it was going to be a resource that would, they could connect between events and you know any anybody that does conferences you you know that the the ongoing connection conversation the way that people learn there has to be some some points of intersection and so you know that book really was we were trying to like hit that felt need which was if if you have a team you know if you come to the conference then this is a great book for now the next steps and, you know, we, that's why we did a, that's why we did a, you know, a small group curriculum to go with it. That's why we did a, a video um, curriculum to go with it. You know, we, we tried to create as many pieces around the catalyst leader that would actually allow somebody to show up to an event and then go, okay, what's next, Brad? And then it's like, here you go. This is, this is the way you continue to learn. Um, and obviously not everybody who reads it or connects with the book is going to come to that conference experience but that was the you know that was the target if we were just like really focused on if we only do one thing with this book what would it be and it was this is the next step piece that you're gonna you're gonna it's we're gonna allow you to go on a 12-month journey you know between catalyst 2013 and catalyst 2014. that's great and did you did you see that affect book sales like kind of tying that into the event or in between events yes yes and and especially the first year and the first couple of years that it was out, um, you know, e- every author would love to have a conference with 13 or 14,000 leaders showing up to be able to release their book at. I mean, that was not fair. You know, I mean, it, we, we sold, or we, we, you know, we moved probably 25,000 books the first week it was out. 
just just through our channels because we basically said to all those leaders who were there of that first event when it released hey listen like we want you to take home 10 copies of this book so we we made it feel like this is again your your team experience going forward is to and we made it really cheap like we you know that's the beauty of 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 a book when you can tap into your author discount uh, with a traditional publisher, then you can, you know, you can say, hey, it's gonna come out in a month in retail and it's gonna be $20, $20, but you can get it here today for $5. So we created some bundles that were really effective um, because people would go, well, sure, I'll pay, you know, $50 for a 10 pack of the Catalyst Leader because I'm gonna go through it with my staff when we get back and I'm gonna, then we're gonna give it to our young leaders on our team. Um, so that was part of our, our launch strategy early on and it, it worked pretty well. That's awesome. And, and so let, let's fast forward a, a little bit to, to age three leadership. And then I wanna kind of circle back and, and draw comparisons and lessons learned and differences and all those things. So uh, why go on? I mean, I think it was, it was a couple of years later um, that you, you launched Ace 3 Leadership. So why write that book? How did that fit into the big picture of things? And then, and then we can kind of walk through some of the things you did to launch that well. If Catalyst was the brand book, Catalyst Leader was the brand book, H3 was my book. So it's, it's my personal story it's much more of my personal mantra and it's my life brand book. So I still love the Catalyst Leader. You know, it's my first book I ever wrote, but for me, H3 leadership is, is if somebody says, Brad, boil, boil down your, your leadership paradigm, your framework, that's it. And so this is, this is my life legacy book. Um, and sometimes you hear that from people, you know, their sophomore book many times is their, is their life book. And it's part of it's because they kind of figured out after book one what they really wanted to be when they grew up, you know, as a as an author. And so it was two years later uh, in terms of when it released. And, you know, it's it's had a bigger shelf life. And I don't know why. I mean, I think both books are good. I think I think H3, though, people read it and they it feels more personal and and again, like the lesson is that the more personal you are in your book, the more practical and personal, I think the more people are impacted by it. Um, where Catalyst Leader was, you know, it was a little bit more, again, of a brand book. And it was the story of a brand. It was a story of like this movement. So those are the, those are some of the differences. Oh, that's interesting. Now talk to me about, are you glad you wrote them in that order? and went brand book, then personal book. Do you feel like that helped you write the second book earlier? If you went back, would you go and flip flop them? Like, what are your thoughts on the order of writing those and whether- uh, I would, work? well, I wouldn't change the order because H3 was also, was also, uh, it was really built on a season when I stepped out of running Catalyst. So I couldn't change the order because uh, Catalyst Leader was, was uh, you know, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm sort of in the sweet spot of leading this thing. H3 was me, was me walking through a bit of dysfunction as a leader in my own leadership, but also then like stepping out and, and stepping away from leading Catalyst. And so that's the, the process of those two. I can't change them because then it would mess up the, the, the timing of that story. 
Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. For sure. I guess, I guess if you were to like put that aside and say like the, 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 the actual writing of the book independent of, cause yeah. obviously that piece, like, what are your thoughts on that? Cause, and it's probably a little bit of a leading question, but I'm really just curious to get your thoughts. Cause I always recommend, and we always recommend it's like the, the brand book first. And then the yeah. personal one's usually harder to write. Cause it's like usually exactly what you're saying, like working through those type of things. But I was just curious if that was your experience or not, and whether or not yeah. kind of doing the brand book, that's a little bit more copy paste, like, Oh, I'm in this every day. This is easier to write. And now I'm going to go for like the life's work legacy, drop the mic kind of book. But it, it, was that your experience? Yeah. I, I do think that it's, I think writing your um, your life message is better as a second book for sure, or even a third book for that matter. But yeah. I, I think you need I think you need some reps, but before you before you really double down on, you know, again, what what is the book that if all the other books go away, that you mm. want you want to make sure sticks around? And for me, it's H three leadership. You know, so. Yeah. I'm glad I had a book under me or I, I'm glad I walked through that process before, partly because of the writing and the process of, of putting the book together, but also because of the process of, of creating awareness for the book. Because that's the part anymore. Like if you're an author, you're also a marketer. So you, bet, you, better, like, you better have some reps in regards to how you're going to talk about it, promote it, get the word out. And so... I, I'm glad I had that that early process. It was a little bit different for me, Chandler, because I had the weight of the engine of Catalyst to help me promote the Catalyst leader. Um, I did not necessarily have all the weight in the engine of Catalyst to help me promote H3 leadership. And so I had to like get pretty like medieval on, you know, just sort of hand-to-hand combat in terms of, H3 because it was pretty much like on my back and, and Catalyst helped me, but it wasn't the same. I didn't have like the entire organization sort of behind it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like let's talk about that. Um, because I think that's the part that will be most relatable and helpful for people. It's like, okay, how do I promote my book without the weight of this huge organization behind me? So can you walk us through that? How did you promote H3 leadership from a, you know, and there's like so many rabbit trails I want to go down, but let's maybe just start with this of, of just how did you promote the book? And when you say hand-to-hand combat, like what did that look like from a, uh, from a specifically a launch perspective? Well, hand-to-hand meeting, like, like friend to friend. So yeah. I th- I remember on, and I did this for Catalyst Leader as well, but for H3, I think I texted, personally texted probably 300 friends during the during the launch week at some point and just said hey here's here's a copy and paste blurb that i would love for you to put up somewhere on one of your channels whatever you choose the channel 
Because if you ask for too much, if you ask, can you put this on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and no, nah, you're getting nothing. So all I did was just did a copy and paste blurb. Please paste this today. And I sent that out like to lots and lots and lots and lots of friends just to get them, make it really easy for them. I think so many times we, we, we think, well, that friend's going to help us. And we send this massive email with all these options and all these like graphics and all like, and, and you know, what I do when I get those is I delete it. And then I text my, the person who, who's got a book coming out and say, Hey, can you, can you send me something right now? Can you text me something that I can copy and paste and I'm done with it. So you get one shot with your friends or influencers. You get one shot. Don't ask for a bunch. Just, just do one thing. Um, so that was a big part of it. The other part, I think, I think podcasts are the best outlet for book promotion. And, you know, never before have there been so many podcasts that you can, that you can actually be on and talk about your new book. And, you know, the beauty is this one, it's free. Um, two, people who are, who are doing podcasts are looking for good content. So if you have good content, they probably will want you on at some point. I mean, they're, they're out looking for, for, for different voices to have on. So um, I've probably been on, I don't know, 200 podcasts um, in the last couple of years. And, and I'm still doing interviews about H3. Like I just did one the other day and they were like, all right, we're on with Brad Lominick, the, the, uh, the recent, the, he just released a new book, The H3 Leadership. And I didn't say anything because to their audience, they don't know. <laughs> they, they think that my book just came out, even though it came out like four years ago. So the only person that cares about the release date is you as the author and maybe like your publisher or somebody, whoever you're working with. Nobody else cares at all, like when your book came out. So, you know, your book is new to the person who just heard about it and treat it that way, you know, so podcast and, and personal connections where you're actually asking for somebody to promote your book. I, I'll stop there and let you comment, but I can, I can go on <laughs> with more if you want to. For sure. And, and I'll, I'll comment on this and I'll just volley back to you for anything else that you remember that worked with from specifically the launch for um, H3 leadership. But I love that you mentioned that because I do the same exact thing. It's like your recent book is your new book until you yes. release another one. <laughs> yes. So I, I just put out a new book. This, you know, for me, it's published, my book published. And even though that book was four, four years ago, um, and I guess yours is about five, um, yep. uh, five and some change, mine's four and some change. It's your new book. Because exactly. like you said, it's, it's new to, the, to that audience. So anything else that, that you remember working really well from a launch perspective to, that, that's, that sold the most copies for H3 Leadership? Well, I mean, definitely like um, having, having some, some gatherings. So Catalyst Leader, for sure, that one, the, the, biggest, the, the biggest lift was the actual Catalyst Conference. And, you know, and, and I had insider uh, connections, right? So... <laughs> That was, uh, and, and I still launched, I launched H3 at Catalyst. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we moved quite a few books. So if you have an outlet where you can, I think you can have a launch. And again, don't, don't only think that it's the launch around the launch. 
I mean, it could be a launch two years later with a new audience or a, you know, a conference or a group of leaders. And so the mindset for me has, is always, um, I'm going to figure out a way to, to think innovatively about how I approach any outlets where there might be quite a few leaders gathering. And for some of us who speak for a living, um, you know, like one option would be, and I saw Scott Harrison do this with, with um, when he launched his book, Thirst, back a couple of years ago, the founder of Charity Water. And, and arguably, and I got to help Scott a little bit on the launch, arguably probably the best marketing plan for a book I've ever seen. Um, and part of the reason was that because Charity Water is so good at marketing, you know, their branding, just the way they approach, they're innovative. Like they, they did the marketing plan and the publisher I'll, will remain unnamed, but the publisher they worked with were sort of like, well, yes. In fact, you guys should be in charge of the marketing plan. And they, they, they wrote the checks and they allowed for the charity water team to pretty much build the plan from scratch. But one of the things Scott did is he's, cause he gets, he, you know, he, he speaks a lot of places and he basically said, I'm going to, I'm going to trade in some ways my, you know, speaking honorariums or whatever you call it. And instead I would like for you to just buy the book and we'll figure out a price that makes sense. And so he, 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 he steered a lot of that into the book getting launched. And then um, they were very innovative with how they approached, like how those books went out to people and, and the way they even created like a, a moment of connection when somebody got it in the mail. Um, and so that's, that's something else I did is I actually like just sort of flipped the model and said, okay, from, for the next six or nine months, let's just take all the speaking or anything I'm doing where I might get paid and let's flip that into just buy books. And, you know, you can move a lot of books, even if you don't speak that much, um, you know, you can, you can end up moving some books pretty quickly. Um, the other thing that I love to do is I love to, um, I love to really like figure out ways to, again, make it, if you're showing up somewhere, make it so easy for that, that organization to actually help promote your book and actually sell your book. So even if they're not buying them from you, but give them an opportunity to sell your book through their channel at a price that they go, well, why wouldn't we? Um, and you know, everybody even says nowadays, just send them to Amazon. Well, maybe, but I would rather like actually uh, undercut Amazon a little bit and instead make my book, okay, it's $5 and we've got you know, 500 copies and the first people that buy it at $5, those 500 copies, once they're gone, they're gone. And so those kind of things where you can get creative with an organization or outlets where they will, will they partner with you um, cause otherwise you're just another, you're another author with another book and you're, you just fit in with all the hundreds who showed up. So you have to think outside the box in terms of, of how you want to move copies, um, and then show up with a, with actually a plan that makes it like a no brainer where somebody goes, well, that totally makes sense. We would love to do that. Yeah. That's so great. Love that. And, and guys, if you're listening to this, watching this, um, check out ep the episode with our, uh, our mutual friend I actually met him because of you, um, Carlos Whitaker. He goes in, in a whole lot of detail about exactly that is like using speaking engagements and creativity 
Um, I think he talked, he, he talks about how crafting his talk to in, increase, I think it's from nine to 25% of the room at every talk yeah. purchases yes. a book uh, and just all kinds of things on that. I want to talk for a second, Brad, what did you learn between the launch of the leader in H3 leadership and, and how, did, like, what were the lessons that you learned from that specific to promotion and launch that changed the way um, you promoted H3 leadership? Yeah, I didn't, I probably, I probably did less, um, I did less influencer marketing with H3 uh, compared to Cattle Leader, meaning we, we probably sent out, I don't know, a thousand of the books and we put them in like a really nice, uh, a well-designed box. We spent a lot of money or the publisher spent a lot of money on the launch and the release of Cattle Leader. And we, we put a lot of energy into let's, let's get, let's get the book into the hands of an influencer. And some of the thinking was, well, one, they're friends of mine. So I just want them to have a copy of my book because it's my first book. Uh, but two, the, some of the thinking was, well, if they get it in a nice box and uh, they're impressed with the, the way it's packaged and they open it up, they're going to want to tweet or post it on Facebook or Instagram it. And a lot of them did. Um, with H3, we didn't do a lot of that. I don't think we did any of that, actually. And not because I don't think it works, but I felt like, again, I wanted to go much more the strategy, which was instead of sending them a box, why don't I just text them and say, hey, can you, can you post about this? And maybe I put a picture of my book cover you know, in the text. And the reason was is because I already sort of knew these people. Um, and so to your question, the, the, the change in strategy was, was, I was I had become friends over two years with a lot of those people, even, even more than I was two years ago. So I didn't feel like I needed to wow them with a $12 box sent in the mail. And I think a lot of times we, we end up sort of doing the same things. Um, and a lot of that, like I love brainstorming about like, how do we create something that's a wow factor that they're gonna get in the mail? Um, but, but the real practical side of me was, no, I'll just text them. And so I, I, I would say this, the lesson was I went from, I would say, probably more of a, of a broad approach to much more of a personal approach. And, um, and I think even more, like the next book I release, I think I'll even be more personal with my approach. And um, it's not because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to continue to expand the, the, the range of sort of all these influencers that might see my book. Um, but because there's so much noise, I mean, I get Chandler, I don't know about you. I probably get five or six books in the mail right now a week. And they're, they're coming in. A lot of them are coming in like really nice packaging and they're, you know, they're, there, it's like the notes in there and, and I'm overwhelmed. Like I, I can't tweet about every single book that I get in the mail. And so the, you know, there's so much noise. How do you break through the noise? And I think you just gotta be more personal. Cause I know this, if I, if I email out the same thing with email strategy with Cattle Leader, we were sending out emails to thousands of people about the book. But when I send an email to my friend and it, it's personal, 
there's much more of a sense from them that they're going to respond to that and go, Hey, this is awesome. Sure. Like I'll, I'll tell people about it. So for sure, that's, that's probably the lesson that stands out the most is personal, personal, personal. Such a great takeaway. And I love it because anyone can do it. <laughs> so if yeah. you're listening to this, watch it and you're like, Oh, I don't have this big platform. I don't have an email list. I don't have thousands, tens of thousands of followers on social media and all that stuff. It's like, everyone can do hand-to-hand -hand combat and personalized outreach. And that's what actually moves the needle <laughs> more than all the fancy stuff, more than all the, the fancy book boxes, the fancy book website, the, all those things like, yes, like you said, those are nice to have. Uh, those are cool. They legitimize this project that you've been working on, but like just that the, the, the focus of the, the personalized outreach. And, and also, such a new mover. also on the, um, you know, just, just one little tip. For especially on the podcast side, or you're, or if you if you're reaching out to somebody you don't know, and you want them to know about you, you want them to know about your book, you, you want to get on their podcast, you know, you want them to, you want them to become a friend. You have to start that process by adding value to them. Don't don't assume that just because you're reaching out that they're now obligated to respond to you, um, but figure out a way to add value to them. And, and don't start with, hey, I have a book coming out and I'd love to be on your podcast. Like that's a, that's a pretty quick delete. But start with this. Hey, Brad, um, I read your book, The H3 Leader. Really helpful. Man, so good. Um, a couple of takeaways that I found in it. Da, 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 da. Um, I've handed my book out to other friends of mine. They love it. So well done, man. Uh, I also like, you know, know about your work with Catalyst. What you're doing is you're doing your homework you honor me and and then just say thanks for all you've done and that's it like at some point I'll, I'll probably respond to that and go hey that's man thank you that was great I'm so glad it's been helpful now you've now you've created a connection um, the next email to them might be hey by the way uh, is there anything I can do for you you know um, figure out the, the, the best way to actually promote your book is to have plenty of assets on your side that you can use to promote somebody else's book. So if you've got a podcast and you've got an email list and you've got like, you're willing to, to tweet about their thing or you're willing to post on Instagram or you got any, you know, you've got like a newsletter, or the more assets you have that you can now trade with, with other, somebody else, the better off you're going to do in winning the right to be heard by them. Um, but you know that so many times we just, we just send the email, Hey, I got a new book coming out. So, uh, you probably should have me on your podcast. Like, man, that that's, that's tough. That's a, that's a tough sell. For sure. For sure. And I completely agree. Um, a couple final questions. We're doing the home stretch here. Is there anything specific that you've done to get so many reviews with this book? Like 530 something reviews on H3 leadership. It's impressive. Uh, and uh, like, I mean, I, I, there's probably the element of the personal outreach kind of overlap, but any, anything else or anything that you've, you've seen drive a lot of reviews? Well, I reached out to uh, a handful of people and asked them to review the book. So I was very intentional with, I don't even care if you, I mean, I, I do want you to buy it, um, but I want you to review it. And if you just have to review it based on knowing me. So, because uh, you know, it, it does help when you, when you see a book and it's got some reviews, just like a podcast, you know, when you see people who, and, and iTunes actually gives you in their algorithm, you know, 
you, you go up on the rankings if you have more reviews. But I did reach out intentionally early on with both books to a handful of people and said, hey, I'd love for you to, to buy the book. Uh, if you can't buy it, I'll send you one, but I'd love for you to review the book on Amazon specifically. So we, we started out with, I don't know, probably 80 to 90 um, when the book went live, um, which was great. Now, there, I, I don't know, excuse me, I don't know why, I don't know why H3 has five times more reviews than the Cattle Seeder does, even though the Cattle Seeder has been out two more years more than H3. I think it's yeah. because word of mouth. I think word of mouth, that friend telling friend is always, you know, that's best marketing, but it's also the, the best way sometimes to create impact on people. And what I hear is pass along value of H3 is, is, is actually like exponentially more than Cattle Cedar. And so because of that pass along value, I think, I think people feel a connection to the book, which then, then makes them, you know, probably want to review it and tell more people about it. So for sure, it, it just has a natural, um, I guess it has a natural third party endorsement feel to it. Yep. So, and I don't, I, you know, I wish I knew the answer to why do some books have that and some books don't. I would say this, I think because it's personal, again, it's my story. Like sure. people, people feel like after they read H3, they're like, Brad, I want, I feel like I know you, you know, I feel like, I feel like we're buddies now. And, you know, maybe that's the reason that more people have reviewed it. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly how I found out about the book <laughs> is someone on my team uh, saying, Hey, you got to read this book. And so that, that's, I think is just illustrating that point. Um, final question I have uh, is knowing what you know now, what would you say to the Brad's of the world, the Brad of uh, how many of our seven, eight years ago, pre book one to the folks who are about to go on that journey with their book one, uh, kind of knowing what you know now, what would be your advice for those folks? Well, the, the first thing would be um, you're, 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 you don't, you, you should start writing your book before you ever have a deal. And um, that was probably a mistake I made was I should have been writing a book for 10 years and, you know, not waiting on somebody to say to me that I need to write a book. So, you know, your book is being written all the time. And I know that's true now for me. Like I have a third book that I'm supposed to be writing that was due like three years ago. Uh, I'm way behind, but I'm writing it all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm capturing stuff all the time. It just hasn't, it hasn't taken on a life that has a title and a, and a direction yet. So that would be the first lesson is, you know, start writing your book now. Don't wait until somebody tells you you have a deal. Um, the second thing would be, um, make sure that that the the process is is both life-giving as well as uh i would say enjoyable uh but you know writing's hard and i've i've heard people say you know that writing's a lot like running um you you don't necessarily it doesn't get easier you just get better cuz running doesn't get easier you know, if you want to run a five minute mile compared to a six minute mile, it's going to be painful. And so writing doesn't get easier, but you have to put a habit in place of actually doing it, um, but allow yourself to enjoy the journey. And if that means um, I, I worked with a writer, 
So, and I, I believe in that process because I'm not necessarily, as I said earlier, I'm not a writer, I'm an author. Um, so don't, don't crush your soul because you feel like you have to write a book, meaning this, figure out the way you best will express your message and then um, sort of coalesce all the things if possible that you can put in place to actually allow that message to come alive with the most amount of enjoyment along the journey. Um, but don't, don't feel like you have to look, get to the end of a writing journey of a year and go, oh my gosh, like if, if I ever had to do that again, you know, I, I won't. Because, um, I mean, you can record, you know, re- sit in a room and record, have somebody interview you for, for four days straight, you know, and hand that to a writer. And that's, that's just one way to make the process something where you look at it and go, okay, we got that done. And that was, you know, that was, I, I look back and have fond memories of that. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, and a great place to wrap up. Brad, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming in and just, just sharing your journey and, and experiences and tips. And I, I just love the focus and the personalization is kind of the theme throughout this whole interview. Where, where can people go to, to, to buy your book, uh, to find out more about uh, what you're up to? Uh, just go to my website is bradlominick.com, L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K.com. And then H3 Leadership is actually, that's, you can find information about the book there, but also about the podcast. So either one of those websites are great. And then I'm, I'm Brad Lominick at all the social media outlets as well. Awesome. Brad, thanks so much, man. Love it. Thanks for having me on Chandler. This was fun, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you could be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, So thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.